Billy Hollowell, and welcome to episode two of our special Vindication podcast series. I am joined today by Lucas Miles. As always, he is a pastor, an author, and a filmmaker, and we are going to be breaking down episode two of Vindication. How's it going, Lucas? Hey, I am doing well, and a shout out to all the Vindication uh, fans out there, and uh, this excited to jump into uh, this episode. All right, so... We just, we've got to start with, like, let's just rip the Band-Aid off Doris. We now know who Doris is, and I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked. Were, were you surprised? Like, did you have any inkling that, that that she was Travis's mother? You know, it's interesting. Like, my first thought was like, oh, how unrealistic is this that, you know, somebody could be in that situation? And then as a pastor, I started thinking about three or four people that I know that have very close family members that they have, like, you know, have to have, they have basically no relationship with, you know, whether right or wrong, like, and they don't know anything about them. Like they've had to, it was so toxic. They had to kind of totally cut ties. And so like, I think that there's people in this situation for real. And, and yeah, it was very, you know, definitely unexpected that it, this ends up being Travis's mom. And, you know, also very unexpected that, you know, Travis's wife doesn't come home and share with Travis right away. And she's kind of kept this, you know, a secret throughout the episode. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and it's so it's interesting because, yeah, they clearly not only did they not have a relationship, it seemed like she recognized her. If you go back to the end of episode one, she recognized Doris, Becky. But but when she gave her name, Doris was calling her by her maiden name, had no idea that she had married her son. And yes, that it's was obviously really been a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of crazy to me. Didn't know. Didn't know that she had a granddaughter, didn't know an adult granddaughter who now has a kid of her own, like had no idea that any of this had gone on. And you're right. I mean, there are people in and there may be some people listening who are in that circumstance. And so it ends up initially you're kind of like, oh, that's come on. Like, would that happen? But then you're like, no, I could I could totally see that happening. And the thing the thing about Doris and it comes across very quickly is that she's asking for a second chance, which I'm I'm assuming is like a 50th chance potentially at this point. Um, but it does make you wonder. It makes you think about, and of course there are a million factors at play when it comes to whether or not we're going to give somebody a second chance in terms of letting them be in our life. But it does sort of beg that question of how do we, how do we deal with that as Christians? And I'm sure this is something you deal with as a pastor all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always looking for the the difference between kind of like somebody who's struggling and somebody who's in rebellion. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I always tell our teams and our leaders that, that you know, you have to, and of course, you know, we can't fully judge somebody's heart. We don't have that capacity. The Bible says we're, we're not even fu- fully aware of, you know, our own motives of our heart, you know, but but we have to, as best as we can, try to evaluate a situation to see, is this person really are they just struggling? Are they just, they want to do the right thing, but they're having a hard time doing that and they need people to come alongside of them? Or is this person truly in rebellion where they don't care about the right thing anymore and they're going to do it their way regardless of what anybody else says or thinks? And I think when situations, when people are struggling, we need to, we need to offer grace when they're in rebellion, you know, not that we, you know, bring judgment against them or anything like that, but we need to keep our distance until that works its way through. Because actually helping somebody in rebellion can really just enable them to continue that that behavior where I think pulling back a little bit allows, you know, opportunity for, you know, future repentance. And so, you know, it's it's always that's always on my mind whenever I'm in situations like that is trying to discern, like, is this rebellion or is this struggle? And right. And we have no idea what's going to happen with Doris. We don't really know. 
Is there going to be a relationship? Is there not going to be? And you mentioned Becky holding the information back, which we can talk about in a minute here. But I do think there's a confusion that people sometimes have. And and I was experiencing it sort of watching this of, okay, if I forgive somebody, does that mean, you know, and Jesus tells us, forgive, 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 keep forgiving. You, you know, it's not something you, you you have to forgive because it's really about your heart and your anger and not holding on to that. But at what point can you say, you know what, I forgave, but that person cannot be in my life. It seems like, and I don't know if Detective Travis has actually forgiven her. That's something I think we'll probably get into as the series moves forward. But, um, you know, do we have to enable those people by allowing them back in if they're going to damage our lives in some way, right? Yeah, and how do you set up those boundaries and what do they, what's that look like and everything else? And this, you know, this is easier when it's not family, you know, but here you have these family relationships that, you know, um, just have obviously more expectation and for good reason to be more involved in your life. And, and that's where it can get a lot messier, you know, and I think that, uh, everybody, you know, might not be a mom, it might not be, you know, a son or something like that, but everybody can relate to this probably with some sort of family member, whether it be extended family or another, that, you know, there's always that one or two people that go, man, I just, I need better boundaries, you know, here in my life. And how do I navigate that? All right, so we're going to find out where that goes, but I I've got to ask you. Do you trust Doris? That is the that at this point. I feel not at all. No. <laughs> I don't trust Doris at all. You and, were going to try to like couch it. You were just like, yeah, no, no, I don't trust her at all and and uh she's yeah, you got to keep your eyes on Doris. I I trust I think so too. I, I trusted too. the like the 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 thief guy in the alley more than I trust Doris right now. <laughs> the thief guy in the alley who ended up, you know, deceased. But yeah, you know, so, all right, let, let me say this. It's it's the grin. Is it a grin? I don't even know what that look was at the end of the episode after she gets the photo of her great-grandson and she puts it down and then, you know, she looks like all emotional and the minute Becky's gone, I don't, how do you describe that look on her face? I don't even know. I, I think that, uh, I don't know. We, we might find out she needs an exorcism. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm worried about her. I got my well, eyes maybe on we're her. Wrong. And maybe we're, and this is where, this is what I really do love about vindication. Like we don't really know. We could be wrong. She may be amazing and it may be this amazing relationship, or she could be like the woman in the first episode trying to trick them for money or who, who knows? I think I don't we know. need to hear from the fan base on this one. If you trust Doris or not, let us know. Yes, that that is such a do you trust Doris? Answer the question. Um, so we're gonna say no for now. Um, uh, but I wanna I wanna transition over to Detective Travis and these off. I mean, can you imagine having to manage these detectives and police officers, the people on his team? They're they're awful. They're awful at their job, most of them. And they don't even do their job. It's not even just bad. Yeah, they don't care. And, you know, obviously this this episode, it moves to a level of being dishonest you know, about the work that they're doing, you know, which is beyond just being incompetent. It's one thing to be incompetent. It's another thing to be dishonest about it. And so obviously that all, you know, comes to a head. Well, and so, and, and listen, none of us are perfect and you and I are friends, you know, I'm not perfect. And I know for, for I, I certain can, you're I not. can confirm for the audience. He's not perfect. <laughs> so what, what's interesting to me though, is that 
you, know, you watch Detective Travis, and in, in season one, not really a believer at all. He becomes a Christian. But yeah, he's a human like all of us. And, and nobody is perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. Nobody else is perfect. And you watch him navigate when he fires the detectives in this episode, when it, when it, or the police officers, I think they're detectives. When he fires them, it is, you know, obviously this dramatic moment. And it seems like the anger and the frustration sort of overtakes detective Travis. And then you have a worse situation because you have other police officers who are quitting. He was already understaffed already in need. And it made me kind of think, Oh, you know, I was a little convicted because there are times we don't control our anger or our words and there are better ways to handle things and we let our emotions overtake us. How did you feel about that scene? Like, did you think maybe he let his emotions overtake him? So this is going to be the fun thing about the show and even more fun probably for you and I, but the, I completely disagree. I felt like, I felt like that he, although it was not the thing as the, as the boss that you want to do here, you had two guys. I mean, they didn't just mess up. They completely, you know, lied about and potentially forged a report because they didn't want to go investigate a situation where somebody's being victimized. Like that's a major, major thing. And mm-hmm. so I think that, yeah, could he pull them back in a meeting or whatever? But he he showed that, look, this is not what this this police force is about. We're taking it to a higher standard. We're not going to accept that there. He gave the guy an opportunity at the table to, you know, all, although somewhat heated, he gave him an opportunity to to come clean with it. He refused and he said, hit the road. And there's consequences of that, obviously, that are going to create, you know, more issues with other guys walking out, you know, on the job and everything else. But I, sometimes the right thing to do, you know, creates negative situation in other people's responses, but it doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing to do. So I am I'm on Team Travis here. I think that, uh, you know, uh, although maybe did he handle it perfectly? I don't know, but I think that he did the right thing in in you know hitting those guys to the sending them to the curb. So that is interesting because I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. My thing was like, did Travis ever sit down with these guys, these detectives, and say along the way? It seemed like their behavior was sort of being ignored until it hit that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's fair. And I and look, I've I've been in that both situations as a as a leader. You know, I've employed you know, quite a few people over the years. And, and, you know, I've had people where, you know, you just, for whatever reason, you feel like you, you, you know, have told them a million times and it gets to the point to where it's just, you know, I'm sorry, but we have to go a different direction. And then other times where, you know, you, you know, I look back and I go, I think I could have said more to lead this person. So therefore my response is a little bit more like grace filled in, in, you know, giving them some more time because I've not done my job as a leader to help disciple them in that moment. But again, we're not dealing with just a mistake here. We're dealing with something that is yeah, that's full on dishonesty and possibly forgery. And so either way, if he's handled it well in the past or not, I still think it's the right decision to do today. Yeah. And we're going to have to obviously wait and see like what what happens there. But, but yeah, the one detective, the 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 uh, um, I don't remember his name, but kind of the the, the main guy, you know, the, he, donut you know one, the one who loved the donuts. Yeah, I, the donut just know, guy, I love so, donuts. So I know him by that. Yeah. yeah. And so he is like the, the stare down that he does as he's leaving. You know, you're wondering like, OK, does this develop into something else down the road? You know, that that pushes this guy to, you know, some sort of, you know, some sort of bad decision in his life. And uh, that that kind of seemed like it was setting up some stuff for the future. Ooh, that's a good point. Or maybe he gets a redemption. He's either going to go bad or good. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. He's either going to come and apologize or he's, ooh, that's good. But I that's think we're really going to see him again. I think we're, and, I, and I'm not saying that because I've seen any further. This, this is the furthest I've seen. But I, I think we're going to see him again. 
All right, so agreed. Now, I've got to address Becky because one other thing about her, obviously going back to the whole Doris thing, yeah, you would think like when big things happen, you go home and you tell your wife, right? Like for me, I'm, I'm, my wife and I were always sharing big moments. That's an enormously massive moment. And yet Becky chooses to not tell her husband that she has been interacting repeatedly now with his mother who is incarcerated. Um, and she really, yeah, she really just doesn't, I think she tells her daughter, but she doesn't really tell her husband. And, and that to me, it seems well-intentioned. But you know this. I mean, these half truths and hiding things—it never, it never ends well. We it have this tendency well. to like kind of want to be the Holy Spirit for another person and protect them from these things. And it, you know, that's a big topic in today's world that we have to protect other people from you know things all the time. And I think that you know whether we're talking about kids in school or or you know everything else in this this nation right now is focused on that. But we can't we can't always protect everybody from everything. And I think that especially emotionally here, you know, the desire to kind of just be that buffer for her husband, not sure how he's going to react. So she feels like she's doing the right thing. I think that, you know, if, if I was marriage counseling that situation, I'd say, Hey, Becky, you got to come home and you got to tell him, you know, as hard as it's going to be. And that needs to decide how you're going to keep handling that situation. But I have a feeling that's going to get messier before it gets better. A hundred percent. Well, she also wasn't even honest with Doris at first. Remember when she was sitting there talking with her, um, well, we'll have to wait and see if that little, you know, the little sign on the hand and every male's hand in the family that's passed on, you know, if she has a grand, a great grandson, will that be passed on? Well, she already has a great grandson. And in the, in the beginning, you know, Becky is not telling Doris that she eventually does obviously, and brings the photo and everything, but, but she was even struggling to tell the truth there. And again, I think it was well-intentioned. But well-intentioned half-truths and lies, they don't – they're still lies and half-truths. I want to know how many how many people watching the show looked at their hand to see if they had a W on the side of their hand. That's what I, I did know. not. I did not. Yes, it was a W. I, I, you know, now I'm looking at my hand right now, and I don't have one. So that's – Yeah, I don't go. think I do either. Okay. We're safe. <laughs> We're not related to Doris. We're, I'm very relieved to Doris, at that point. Right? I think I well I don't know you you uh, in episode one shared a story that made me think maybe you are related to Doris so <laughs> this is true. Um, well anyway well listen this has been another great vindication conversation everybody make sure that you tune in for episode three it's coming on Wednesday and thanks so much Lucas for uh, for doing this with me today absolutely everybody thanks for listening and we'll be back with episode three here soon. 